the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Weekday evenings on FM 101.5 and AM 1400, The Patriot. It's 6 o'clock talk with Daryl Wood. Host Daryl Wood brings you the day's news and trending topics as only he can with a unique blend of conservative opinion, constitutionalism, and thought-provoking analysis. Join the conversation. 6 o'clock talk with Daryl Wood. A daily look at the news in a way you won't hear anywhere else. Tune in to 6 o'clock talk with Daryl Wood on FM 101.5 and AM 1400, The Patriot. Or stream at PatriotDetroit.com. You are in, in what part of the country? <laughs> Southwest Colorado. Wonderful. How are you picking us up? Oh, I stream you guys on my uh, iPhone every day. Fantastic. Um, I, I am a resident of Sterling Heights, but uh, I frequently come to Southwest Colorado. I am just thrilled to be hearing from you out there in Colorado. Continue to listen, tune in again, and call at your earliest convenience. Godspeed. Run to Win with Daryl Wood, Monday through Friday at 4 p.m. on Faith Talk Detroit. This is Next Steps for Seniors with your host, Wendy Jones. Each week, Wendy brings resources and information to help guide you through those next steps for your elderly parent or loved one. Now, here's Wendy Jones with this week's guest. Good morning, and welcome to Next Steps for Seniors. I'm your host, Wendy Jones. And as you all know, each and every week, we do our best really to have conversations on aging, talk about the things that really people don't want to talk about. Because as we all go through life, it happens to the best of us. We all age. And really, there's not a whole lot you can do about it, except embrace it. And that's why we're here today. Because every week we do our best to talk about these topics that are going to help you in the long run, the future you, I like to say. And our topic today is standing in the gap. And as you all know, Next Steps for Seniors has a foundation that really helps our, I'm going to say, forgotten middle seniors and low-income seniors that may have fallen through the gap financially and need housing. And that's really our focus. But today, we are going to talk about something a little different because our guest in the studio today is Dr. Phil Knight. And good morning, Dr. Good morning, Wendy. Thanks for having me. I am grateful to have you. He is the executive director and of the Food Bank Council of Michigan, correct? Yes. And I met Dr. Knight probably... I would say about four or five months ago. And I have just been fascinated with his heart to help seniors that have food needs. And once we had a conversation, I was like, okay, that's it. We've got to get you on the radio because there is so much need out there. And we're going to have a conversation with him first about what those need levels are. But before we go into that, I want you to share, you have such a passion for seniors. Tell us your story, you know, how you got started in this and and why it's so important to you. Yeah, well, it's great to be here with you. And uh, we met at your event um, out at the Raceway, and it was a fantastic event. Learned about uh, Next Step for Seniors and was truly inspired by what your organization does and how it stands in the gap for seniors. 
at many different levels. So for me personally, um, I think that, um, so my mom was, uh, was 42 years old when I was born. Now that doesn't seem like such a big thing today, but in 1958, it was a really big deal. It was a deal. little bigger deal back then. <laughs> yes, so things have changed just a little bit. My now. parents were older when I came, in, came on the scene, and I, I guess I've always had a, a, a place in my heart for seniors. Um, and I also do think uh, that when we look through our history uh, of the world, great civilizations, some of the things they've had in common is how did they treat their children and how did they treat their seniors? Amen. And if uh, civilization uh, did both of those things well, mm-hmm. then we we find that that civilization endured. So, you know, in, in America, uh, years ago, seniors were struggling with poverty, and we introduced the Social Security Act. And for the most part, lifted most seniors out of poverty through that. So I think we should feel pretty good about ourselves in that respect. Um, you don't often hear people talking about how good we should feel about America. Or, right. you know, But I think this is something that is born out of a value for us uh, that we want to care for our neighbor. We want to care for children, and we want to care for those who've cared for us, which are our parents, grandparents, our seniors. Mm-hmm. So uh, I think that, that some of that passion comes from, from my lived experience, but also to understand that this is what makes us great. It really is. It really is. And you bring up a great point about Social Security because instead of a lot of people are complaining about it now, <laughs> and you're right, we didn't even have it. I mean, this is new within the last, you know, Less than 100 years. <laughs> right. Exactly. Exactly. And it's a supplemental. You know, it's not meant to be uh, something that is the only thing that sustains. But we find many seniors today, that is the case. And that's why the services for Next Steps for Seniors and the food banks that serve all of Michigan's 83 counties are so viable for that population. Well, and in addition, if we really talk about Medicaid and Medicare also, which sure. was, which is another program that both were established recent, right, within yes. the last 100 years. What would we do without that, right? Oh, man, I'm telling <laughs> I you. Mean, now, I, I got some ideas on how we can make that better. better. <laughs> well, yeah, and this is, this is what I'm saying, though, right? Yeah, because it's perfect. We, it, we need to take what we have, and we need to make some enhancements, and you and I both feel that, right? And right. that's why we're standing in the gap right now, because we see that there's an area of opportunity that needs to be taken care of. Right. Exactly. And whose responsibility is that? So I, I think it's everybody's. So I think the government has a role to play. I think uh, the public has a role to play and private charity has a role to play. What I don't, the role I don't want to play is, and we'll talk about it, I think, in the next segment when we really talk about the need is I don't want the charitable sector to become the safety net to the government safety net. Exactly. So when they change policies and it puts pressure on uh, on the families, seniors, children, and everybody in between, but it also puts pressure on folks like us who are leading organizations to stand in the gap. Right, right. So we have an opportunity because we're going to have more seniors than ever before hmm. in the country in seven short years. And we right. all know how fast time is flying. Sure. So it, literally more seniors than ever before. The average, I want to say, Social Security right now is like 1600 a month right. that they're getting. 
And and that's average, right? Right. And the number of people on disability, I mean, there's SSI. The numbers are staggering, yeah. honestly. And you saw a need uh, because of the food, right? If yeah. we don't meet the basic needs, how is it that we can meet anything else, right? Right. Well, you know, I'd like to take credit for this, but, you know, it was this guy, Abraham Maslow. <laughs> right. Let's talk about him for a second. <laughs> you know, yeah. that uh, really developed the hierarchy of need. And, you know, I take everybody back to their uh, first psychology class, is, you know, the inverted pyramid. Unless the basic needs are taken care of, which is defined as air, water, food, and housing, a person's mind is not free to think about what's next. So we would say, if you're hungry, you only have one problem because your mind is held captive by the toxic stress of being food insecure. What am I going to eat? What am I going to give my kids? Or what am I going to give my family? Right. Where is it coming from? When is it coming? Right. And you don't know the answer to that then your mind's not free to think about, well, how can I get a better job? Or do I need to pay attention to my health care? You're consumed with the idea of food. So our mission is to take hunger off the table and replace that with access to healthy, nutritious food that people want and need. Because if they want it and they need it, then we know the food's going to be consumed. So tell us about the Food Bank um, Council of Michigan. Tell us exactly what you do. You mentioned your mission. Yeah. Yeah. So we are the state association, the trade association, so to speak, um, that represents the seven Feeding America food banks that that serve all of Michigan's 83 counties. And we do that through a pantry network of almost 3,000 different pantries across the state. So a lot of people are like, they have a, a, a church that has a, a pantry food with a couple pantry. of refrigerators in it. Mm-hmm. And many times people will call that a food bank. That in my world is a pantry. And the difference between a pantry and a food bank is um, if you go to Gleaners or Forgotten Harvest mm-hmm. uh, or any of the other five other food banks, these are warehouses it's where the pantry gets the food that they distribute in the community from. And and our highest value is food safety. So these are professionals in the warehouse. Uh, the food banks all have the same recall system that Meyer, Kroger, Walmart, Spartan Nash has. So these are professionals doing the so work. So rest assured. Right, mm-hmm. that the food that goes out from the food bank to the pantries or to a major distribution, a mobile distribution out in a parking lot somewhere, that food is safe. And that isn't that you bring up a great point because when you're wondering where your next meal is coming from, sometimes you're not thinking, is it going to be safe? You know, right. look at our water. I mean, so so this is an opportunity where you can rest assured in your mind, if nothing else, it's safe food. It's right. been ma- it's been mandated. It's been you know monitored. It absolutely it's it's been handled correctly. And I the importance of it, Wendy, I think is the quality of the food. So when you know it's safe and you know it's the food people want and need, then what you've done with that food is communicate value. And that's the power of the food. So think about the last time you had visitors come or or you thought, oh I can make this dish really well. I want to do that. Or I want to take them to this restaurant so they have this experience. In our culture, we use food to communicate value. 
So at the food banks, we want to make sure people are leaving with more, not just food, but they feel more, not feel less. Fascinating and so critical and and important. So we're going to take a quick break and when we come back, we're going to be talking further with our guest, Dr. Phil Knight, and we're going to put out a little challenge to uh, listeners, to you. So stay tuned. We're going to go through some of our statistics and what's uh, really out there and what's available next. We'll talk in just a moment. This is Wendy Jones, and you're listening to The Patriot, FM 101.5, AM 1400. Welcome back to Next Steps for Seniors. Our topic today is standing in the gap. And I'm sure you can hear the passion in Dr. Phil Knight's voice and in my voice when it comes to our seniors and how much we care for them. And our biggest need, one of our largest, is food. And as we talked about in the in the first segment, there is value that we we place on this. I, I wanted to ask you to, to expand upon that because that sure. comment you made in the last segment really tugged at my heart. Yeah, we we use food in our culture to to communicate value. So you know, again, if I got guests coming, I, I'm 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 from the South, so I'm I think I make pretty good barbecue, right? So I'm, I'm going to sure make barbecue, <laughs> right? To, to them because it's the best thing I make and I want my guests to experience the best. So I communicate how valuable they are to me by giving them my best. We don't want to do food banking any different. We want people when they come to receive a lift, they got enough of a load. We don't need to add to that. So the stigma, the shame, the embarrassment of needing food, we want to we want to reduce that to the lowest level possible. So we want to make sure that the food is high quality. Now, where did I learn this? I learned this in East Africa. Wendy, if you and I went to a village in Tanzania, mud huts, grass roofs, and we drove in there, and there might be a handful of food left in the village, they would go and fix it and bring it and give it to us. Wow. They use food to communicate value. And when people give to you out of the least, mm-hmm. not out of abundance, that's a true gift. And so I, I learned, they taught me this. I, they taught me way more than I gave them. And you were in Africa for how long? Nine, Nine and a half years. Yeah. We, we led the projects to build the first schools in the Bavuma Islands in Lake Victoria, and Michiganders could, should care about that simply because uh, the only lake larger than Lake Victoria is Lake Superior. Oh, okay. So, you know. There's a, there's a fact for you. Yeah, yeah <laughs> trivia night fact there. Uh, <laughs> so um, th- they taught me that, and, and I think we, we do that here. And most cultures that I've been, most countries I've been to, food is, is one of the ways that we tell people we love them. Absolutely. Now, inside secret that I just learned about this gentleman in front of me is he actually speaks Swahili. Yeah. So sh- say something that, um, how, how about how about the value of... Yeah. Um, is that too hard of a uh, No, no. I'm, I'm putting him on the spot yeah, here. Yeah. na penda na chakula kabisa, na weza kutumia na lugala kiswahili kabisa. 
So uh, I love food, and I'm able to say that in Swahili completely. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> I love it. That's fascinating. Okay, so talk to us a little bit about the history of how the food bank got started. Yeah, so it got started. You know, so here's the power of an individual, right? Mm-hmm. Let us not forget this. Right. You know, the one person can make a difference. They can stand in the gap. Um, so... So there was a gentleman who had, uh, I, I think that we all get one handful of life and we have to make a choice on whether we're going to invest it in things that are bigger than we are and last longer than we do, or are we just going to spend it? Or bury it. Mm-hmm. Right? Yeah. And so I think we ought to do a little of both. We should enjoy life on this good earth, but we should also leave it better than we found it. So this gentleman um, had spent much of his life, bit of a playboy, um, and 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 then kind of hit bottom and then decided that he really wanted to invest his life. So he moved from Wisconsin to Phoenix, Arizona, borrowed $3,000 from the diocese there. They 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 made him pay it back. Okay, well that's good. <laughs> and he started Number one the, lesson, pay 1967 back and he started the first food bank in America. From that time, uh, the mid-70s all the way through the late 80s, food banks began popping up over America. The oldest food bank in Michigan is Gleaner's, 1977. Wow. Um, and, and so when you think about the 60s, it's very socially conscious young adults who grew up now. It's the 1980s, and now they're in their 40s. And they want their life to count. They want to spend it, but they want to invest it to... And that's who started food banks all across the nation. And today we have uh, 200 Feeding America food banks under the national banner of Feeding America. And we serve every county in America. So can you tell our listeners the difference between a food bank and a food pantry? (coughs) Sure. So the pantry's in the neighborhood. It's in the community. It's where people come to get the food. And there's lots of different kinds. Um, there's some where you don't need an appointment. There's others that you do. Uh, some are in a faith-based organization. Some's in a healthcare facility. Some's at school. There's lots of different places. Um, and we have about 3000 of those across the state. The food bank is a huge warehouse. I took someone to Gleaners the other day and they walked in, they called their business partner and said, Oh my gosh, man, it's bigger than Costco. <laughs> It's a warehouse. We all just got a visual of how big Gleaners is. But right. but we don't know this, right? I mean, right. not many people walk through Gleaners. We right. know we've heard of it. We know it's a food bank, but we haven't seen it. So, right. yes, this is yeah. a great so point. Yeah, so Gleaners, Forgotten Harvest, and the other ones across the state, they're huge warehouses. And so the food comes into them. They make sure the food is safe. They buy a tremendous amount of food. We distribute food from the federal programs. Um, and so, uh, we make sure that that food is safe and then we give it out to the pantry network and they distribute it to the individuals and the families that need it. So you consider the, your, your job as the executive director is to efficiently distribute the food from the, these large banks into the pantries and into, not to the direct consumer, but into the pantries to get yeah. to the direct consumer. So is my that- job is to help the food banks get the resources they need so that they can resource the community to what they need. Mm-hmm. And and so I do about the Food Bank Council is a is a trade association and we do three types of work. We lobby, mm-hmm. we advocate on behalf of the families we serve 
and the food banks that serve them. Um, we try to think about what's next as far as innovation. Um, what is the work going to need to look like to meet the need in the next three, five, ten years? And then thirdly, we have a policy bucket that we work from. And what are the policies that exist that are hurting families, um, not helping them? So we want to make sure that those policies, we're maximizing any federal dollars or state dollars to make sure the policies are really designed to help people lift themselves out of poverty and not keep them trapped there. So standing in the gap, as we talked about our topic today, this is exactly why, because that's what you're doing. This right. is fascinating. God bless you. Thank you. Yeah. We, we need, and and I liked his challenge at the beginning, how, how do you pay it forward? How do we make this a better place? It's yeah. a, one person yeah. can make a difference. Well, I think, you know, President Obama said, um, we are the change we've been waiting on. So yeah, you know, nobody else is coming. This is it. <laughs> it's us. It's us. We're right here. Right. So, so it's it's it's. I think owner owning the problem is is a is a big step. And when you when enough people own the problem, you you got you've created personal will. And when you get enough people that own the problem and personal will, you can shape the political will. So let's talk about that problem. I know we only have a minute and a half left in the program, but what is the statistics behind the need of food, especially for yeah. seniors, but just in general? I know you know so about this. So 1.1 million people in Michigan, and understand we have a population of a little over 10 million. So 1.1 million people struggle with food insecurity. That is, they don't know where their next food's coming from. Um Probably around 300,000, maybe a little more, are seniors. Another 400,000 of those would be children. And then there's a, there's a, the balance would be uh, made up of disabled community, um, also working families who just can't make enough. They got more month than they got money. And so of the seniors, um, that something I think really, I guess, picture draws a pretty clear picture of the need is during the pandemic, we had emergency allotments for the bridge card, the SNAP card. Uh, we call it the bridge card here in Michigan. And, um, and many seniors were getting around 250 plus dollars a month for food. But on March 1st, those emergency allotments ended and they dropped to the minimum on the SNAP card, the bridge card. So they went from $250 a month for food down to 23 Which is incredibly significant. I, mean, I, I don't even have words. Two cartons of eggs and a gallon of milk, and you're pretty much done. That's what's for the month. So where are they going to go? And we have 1.1 million people on that. That are food insecure. We're going to be back in just one moment. Thanks for tuning in to Next Steps for Seniors. Sorry. <laughs> This is Wendy Jones, and you're listening to The Patriot, FM 101.5, AM 1400. Welcome back to Next Steps for Seniors. As you all know, we have Dr. Phil Knight, who has a passion and has really put so much behind his efforts to make a difference in the lives of so many people because he saw a need and he stepped in and stepped in the gap to fill the need. And so I just want to say thank you. Oh. I don't know how many times you hear that, but thank you because yeah. food is like you mentioned, 1.1 million people struggle with food insecurity just in Michigan. Yeah. 
So when you think of it nationwide, it's astronomical. And you saw that need and you said, let's do something about it nine years ago. And thus, here we are today, yeah. making a difference. So you mentioned in the last segment, and this is, this is really heartbreaking to me, because March 1st of this year, that allotment changed significantly. Mm-hmm. So what are seniors doing? Yeah, so... What are, what's everybody doing? But, yeah, that's, well, it's a great question. And it, it, so what they're doing to cope is... One, particularly seniors, they're eating less. And that's also what parents do. Parents will not eat to give their kids food. I've I've seen it so many times, it's it's heartbreaking. But seniors will do that too. In fact, uh, on my board of directors is Paula Cunningham, who is the CEO and president for AARP Michigan. And Paula went to a senior's home to visit and and um, and she's the the lady of course asked if they wanted tea or coffee or anything and then she had to go change and put on a a, a better dress you know for her company and uh, and and Paula and her her teammate took a quick peek in the cabinets and there was no food so when they sat down they wanted to be sensitive they didn't want to embarrass her or anything but they did ask her does she have enough access to food. And she said, oh, honey, don't worry about me. You give that food to someone who really needs it. And that's a huge problem with seniors is they won't take it for themselves. They'll say, and, and, and it's like, we got plenty of food here. <laughs> right. You know, that's not the issue in this country. We're the breadbasket of the world. So this is not, she can have her food, but seniors will give. They will do without for someone else and someone else they don't even know. And do you feel like that's because of what they've lived through? Sure. I mean, obviously, the world wars, The I mean, there's been a lot that they've lived through, including COVID. Yeah, all the way through. It's, 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 uh, it's their character. The, their, their life experience has shaped them, and uh, they're beautiful souls, and they deserve us they to do. come alongside of them. Amen. Um, and so, I, again, I think it, it's not really a question about them it's really more a question about us. How are we going? That's the question. It's not, why is this person in need? It's, what am I going to do about it? And it's the same issue that you face when you see a person on the street that's asking for You knew that sign. was going to be my next question. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, you know, again, so before I start thinking about that person, I have to think about this person, me. You know, so what am I going to do in the face of this it's more about what's in my head and what's in my heart than than what's going to happen to the gift when I give it. All I know is that I'm compelled to give. I'm taught to give a part of my one handful of life away. And so I think once we wrestle with that, then we can get past what's going to happen to are they going to use it for something that we don't an unintended purpose that we don't buy buy drugs or buy food, alcohol or whatever, whatever right, you know. Right. That's that's later. I got to deal that's with. That's not on us, right? Yeah, that's right. on that's, them. I'm not. Re- I'm just mm-hmm. responsible to do it, to give. I'm not necessarily responsible for what happens for it. Now there'll be a lot of folks that disagree with that, but that's okay. That's okay. But just think about it. I love it. I, I, I me personally, what I do is I go buy food and bring them food. Usually, yeah. when they say we'll work for food or need food or homeless or something like right. that. I, I'm a I'm a solution person. Okay, let me come up with an answer for your problem. Right. So I do give food, and and in the winter, 
I have a whole stack of gloves and, and scarves and because here, right? I want to at least help you stay warm. My goodness. Yeah. But, but what I like is that you have a helpline. Yes. And this might be an opportunity to share this 800 number, which listeners, you might want to get your pen and paper ready because we're going to share that number with you shortly with these people. Yeah. Right? Yes. If we see them on the side of the road, we can say there's resources, you know, and it, it, there's a lot of different reasons they're there. We all know this, but sure. because yeah. I'm the solution person, it makes me feel better to say, here's a card, here's a phone number, right? Yeah. And, and thinking here's about an your hungry neighbors, thinking about people in your community that, that you might not realize is, you know, uh, you can tell the telltale signs, particularly if there's kids. But if they're a senior, they're going to hide it a little bit better. You might have to be like Paula Cunningham and take a peek in the cabinet, check on them. In COVID, we did a lot of this. We checked on our neighbors. Uh, we went to the grocery store for those who couldn't get there, that kind of stuff. But what we do at the Food Bank Council is we have a helpline, and you can refer folks to this helpline, and my team will screen them for whatever resources they're eligible for, whether that's SNAP or any of the other 19 federal food programs like Senior Food Box Program. Um, and we'll help them get connected to the resources that they're eligible for. And depending on their uh, situation. Depending on their situation. So we, we, can, we have this helpline. It's designed for this purpose. Um, our food banks all have the access to food. Um, and, and some of the federal programs, uh, maybe the food's not what everybody want, you know, the government cheese kind of thing, but what the food banks do is always supplement that box with fresh produce, protein, and dairy. And we do that at our own expense. That's fantastic. Okay. Let's share that phone number with our listeners. Yeah. That phone number is 888-544-8773. And that's the helpline at 888-544-8773. And, and again, that's answered probably 24-7, I'm assuming. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm thinking so. I, and, I'm, I haven't called it at 3 a.m., but... <laughs> well, I'm going to. No. Yeah, right, right, yeah. <laughs> but this is the number that you can call to, to get access to, like you mentioned. There's a number of different programs available. Tell us about the Senior Box. What was that you just... Yeah, it's, we call it CSFP. It's a Community Service Food Program, and it's a box that is designed uh, for senior citizens. Uh, there's a, there's a, an entire, you know, guidelines about what food has to go into the box. And, um, and you know, the food banks are able to cre also create medically tailored boxes, um, so we have a partnership with healthcare that we're developing. So if you have diabetes or some right. sort of, okay. Yeah. And, um, so the CSFP program is a, is a box program. Again, it's a group program. It's probably 60, 70 years old. So, you know, we want to, we want to make this program better. We'd like more fresh, more whole grains to be a part of it. Um, but, uh, it is, it is a federal program and it operates here in Michigan. And, and, uh, if you're eligible for SNAP for the bridge card, you're definitely eligible for CSFP. Okay. And those are probably at these pantries that we've talked about at the local churches, et cetera. Yeah, so you yeah. would connect them like if they're in Wayne County or whatever yeah, County and you would say, yeah. here's we the have locations. Di those distribution partners for that box. Uh, in some cases, like one of the challenges that we have is, how do we get food to people who can't get to the food? So that right. might be seniors or disabled. So what we did, 
Dr. Dawn Opal on my team created a partnership that's gone nationwide now, but we were first here in Michigan with DoorDash. Fantastic. So, so maybe the the senior goes to their medical provider and they get screened and the, the doctor figures out that they're food insecure. Uh, it's a two-question survey. Most of them are are incorporating this in the in the visit. And so they'll say, the doctor will say, I want this person to have access to healthy, nutritious food. So then they give them this helpline number, 888-544-8773. They call that number. We screen them. They're eligible for SNAP. They're eligible for CSFP. Uh, then we will send that to the food bank, let's say Forgotten Harvest. They will create that box, and then DoorDash will come to Forgotten Harvest, pick it up, and deliver it to the senior at their home. I just seriously don't even have words right now. It is absolutely brilliant. And I don't think a lot of people know that that's available. And that is why you are here today. (laughs) Because seniors, I know you're tuning in. I know you're listening. And there is no shame. There is no No. guilt. When when he, he gave us the story, I just want to share with you, this is an opportunity. Take advantage of the resources that we right here, us Mm. two, and all these other people behind you have put together to stand in the gap for you. Call the number 1-888-544-8773. We'll be back in just a moment. This is Wendy Jones, and you're listening to The Patriot, FM 101.5, AM 1400. We are here today with our guest, Dr. Phil Knight, and what an amazing man. I'm so blessed I met you four months ago. I'm so blessed. And... A change agent. That's what I'm going to call you, a change agent. And, you know, together we want to stand in the gap for our seniors. We love you. We care about you. And we want to be there for you. We want to be the hands and feet and get the food to you when you're in need. And please don't pass it to someone else because you take away the blessing of us (laughs) trying to get it to you. Um, And yes, the people who are in need that are even greater than you, we will do the same for them. And you're right. I love the heart of the seniors. And that's, you know, my passion has always been there. They're so wise. Mm -hmm. And seniors have lived through so much, you know, the Great Depression, things that we really haven't Mm -hmm. experienced in our lifetime. At least I haven't yet. Right. You know, COVID was probably the biggest challenge on our seniors, to be honest, than than any other sector right. um, because of, you know, comorbidities and things that happen in our lives. But I really, listeners, this is just such a passion for me. I want you, please, this do this for me if for no other reason. Call the helpline if you have a food insecurity. There is absolutely nothing we can do about the problem unless we know about it. Right. And so that's my challenge to you is please, please call. And that number is 888-544-8773. Now, I'm going to take it a step further and say, what is a food insecurity, right? What is a struggle? So I'm going to let you answer that, um, doctor, because in your mind, is it you don't have food for the day? Is it you don't have milk? Is it you don't like what? What is a definition? Because people, I, I already know right now, people are listening to this going, oh, I have food, I'm fine, yeah. and they don't even recognize that it might be a struggle. Yeah. So the USDA has a pretty good definitions out there, and it's, it's simply, you know, do you have access to the food that you want and need for the foreseeable future? So you know, you might have food for today, but 
toward the end of the week, that might be that might be difficult. So on average, a food insecure person will miss about three and a half meals per week. So so you say, well, that's not very many. I mean, I do intermittent fasting now and all that kind of thing. But the problem is they don't average. They bunch up. So most food insecure families, seniors and, and right on through the age, is they have enough resources for most of the month. But that last week is really tough. And that's when they're making, that's how why we say there's people that are in and out of being food secure. Working poor, they have enough for most of the month, but not enough for the whole month. They got more month than they do money. So that's where we can say, well, it averages three and a half meals, but it doesn't average. It it's bunches. all at the end of the month. Right. Whatever the end of the month is for everybody, for whatever that might be in your household, right? So that's when you, 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 you really experience the chronic, the acute feeling of, of hunger, you know, and any calorie will solve hunger. A bag of potato chips, if you're hungry, will solve hunger, but it will also create other issues for you down the line. And we have to be mindful of that. So that's why over half of the food that is distributed by the food bank, council food banks, is considered fresh. And we want that to be more like 70, 75%. And, and so there are some shelf-stable things that actually comes from the government. <laughs> but our mission is to cre- get it as fresh to you as possible. And we try to be really good at what we do. Most food banks can turn their warehouse over in every two weeks. And if it's fresh, they'll turn it over every two to three days. So what does happen to the food if it's going to expire and they haven't used it yet? So that's a that's an excellent question. And uh, we should have Forgotten Harvest here to talk about that. Because uh, most food banks operate on, on a warehouse model where pantries look online and they see what's in the warehouse and they order it. Mm-hmm. Okay. Am- just like Amazon or Walmart or whatever, you know. And they order that. And so we have professionals who pull that food off, build a pallet for that pantry, and then we deliver it to them or they come and get it. The difference between, that say, that's, that's the way the work gets done at Gleaners. At Forgotten Harvest, they use a push model. They will rescue the food from retail grocery or from the farm. And then they will bring it to their warehouse. They will repackage it. And then they will send it out to their pantry network. So not only is this work feeding people who, who need or in need, but it's also having an impact on the environment. So less waste. Absolutely. You know, and I think we, we are, you know, we should be better stewards. We need to pay attention. Absolutely. Of this planet. Yes. Of this gift that we call Earth. So, so food banks are, are multidimensional. You know, our business models are complicated, but yet they serve the community very, very well. So at the beginning of the program, we talked about a challenge that we were going to put out to our listeners. And, you know, one person can make a difference Mm -hmm. in someone's life. And I would just, I'm curious if you could share with our listeners, what is something we can do? If you're listening to this program, you don't have a food struggle insecurity right now, but you want to do something. You want to make a difference in someone's life because you see the need. You see the 1.1 million people in our state that need assistance. What is there that we can do? 
So I, I would say, Wendy, um, everybody has a little bit of time, they have a little bit of talent, and a little bit of treasure. And if we can invest any of those three or the combination of those three, we're going to find uh, something that we all crave. And some people might say that that's success, but I think there's something greater that we're called to and that's significance. So if you have a little bit of time and a little bit of talent and a little bit of treasure, you can invest it in Next Steps for Seniors or with any of your food banks that serve your community. Now, here's a way that you can really jump in and be involved. If you have a little bit of time, you can volunteer at the warehouse to sort the food before it goes out to the pantry or the mobile distribution. Food banks are very dependent on volunteers. It's part of our business model. Now, where do those volunteers come from? Well, you know what? They come from corporations and companies. Rocket Mortgage, for example, will always send a team. Huntington Bank, always send a team. Lots of companies and corporations send, they pay their people to take time off to go and volunteer. It's awesome. But where we get most of our volunteers is senior citizens. Because they care. Let's just go back to that. Right. Because they care. They got a little bit of time now. Maybe they're retired and they certainly have the talent and they're willing to invest this portion of their one handful of life and something that makes a real difference. Okay, so where are the warehouses that you need the volunteers at? So I would say uh, you can look at, look at us on our website at fbcmich.org, and you'll see all seven food banks there. So in southeast Michigan, we talked about them. Gleaners Community Food Bank, Forgotten Harvest. Um, over toward Ann Arbor, there is uh, Food Gatherers. Uh, up in the Flint area and through the Thumb is the Food Bank of Eastern Michigan. If you're in the Capital Region, there's Greater Lansing Food Bank. If you're in the Battle Creek, Kalamazoo, Jackson area, there's the South Michigan Food Bank. And then finally over on the west side, there's uh, Feeding America West Michigan. Now I say, well, wait, what about the UP? Well, we cover the UP, all 15 counties in the UP of as well. Of course you do. So um, there's... There's uh, the food banks you can volunteer in, but there's also the pantry network across the state. Almost 3,000 of those that all could use a little bit of help. Absolutely. Absolutely. So listeners, this is my challenge. Let's make that call today. Let's make a difference. So go on to fbcmich.org. And you're going to see all the different locations. I'm assuming there's probably a volunteer now yep. or a phone number there. Okay. So. And I'm going to tell you, doctor, that I am going to have our team volunteer. I awesome. think that's fantastic. And if we all did a little bit, we right. can make a difference in the lives of these people. And seniors, you are precious to us. So I want to say thank you to you for volunteering because of course you are. Of course you are. <laughs> and we all need to learn from you. Right. In closing, we have uh, we have 30 seconds left. What's a profound statement? I, I, I feel one coming from you, Dr. Phil Knight. Well, um, you know, I think that just what we talked about today, Wendy, is everybody gets one handful of life. And most of us are really busy trying to find success. But I think it's when we find not only success, but significance. Um, we we really find the, the sweet spot of life where we reap and we sow. Exactly, exactly. And I want to share the number one more time. The helpline is one 8773 And I just challenge each and every one of us to go make a difference 
in the life of a senior today. Be blessed. Thank you for tuning in to Next Steps for Seniors each and every week. We share information with you because we care. You've been listening to this week's edition of Next Steps for Seniors with your host, Wendy Jones. You can reach Wendy with any questions you have at area 248-651-5010. That's 248-651-5010. Join us again next week as Wendy provides more information and resources for those important next steps for your elderly parent or loved one. Three-star general, Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.